Hey, everyone. Before we start the show, we wanted to tell you that we recorded this week's episode prior to the protests happening across our nation right now. So Angela and I wrote something that we wanted to read before this week's show because we felt like it was important to say if it was not clear before that we fully support the Black Lives Matter movement and we stand in solidarity with those seeking justice. Yep. And we come to this conversation aware that we possess white privilege and we acknowledge that it has directly and indirectly contributed to the success of this show and of our lives. We are committed to being allies. We will continue to fight for racial and social justice. We will continue to educate ourselves. We will hold ourselves accountable and we promise to listen. We will not always be perfect and we may stumble along the way, but we promise to actively listen and continue to grow and learn. Please feel free to send us any resources that you would like to share. Call us out, please, when we mess up and we appreciate the dialogue with you guys. Um, Also, it is our responsibility to educate ourselves and we will continue to do that on our own. We haven't been having guests on the show since COVID hit, but when we do start reintroducing guests, we are more committed than ever to knowing when we should pass the mic and let others lead the conversation from a place of lived experience and knowledge. In the meantime, we encourage everyone to join us and show their support for the Black Lives Matter movement in whatever way that you can. Some of the ways that Angela and I have personally been supporting are donating, donating to bail funds, supporting Black-owned businesses, reading up on racial justice issues. We've been safely attending protests, listening to activists, and trying to have those uncomfortable conversations with family and friends. Silence does damage. So check your unconscious biases. Whatever you do, don't be neutral right now. We love you guys. Now let's let's start start the the show. show. This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is why, this is why. Pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is why the podcast. Welcome to the This Is Why podcast. I'm journalist, author, and comedy writer, Laura Lane. And I'm author and editor Angela Sparrow. We are the co-writers of the book, This Is Why You're Single. Every week we give best friend advice on topics including pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, workplace dynamics, parenting, news headlines, and whatever else is on your mind. This week's episode is called Anxiety and Coping Skills. We'll be answering your listener questions, including one listener who wants to know if coffee is making her anxious. I don't know. Maybe it's just the state of the world. Just a hint. We'll hear the question. Coffee doesn't help, though. <laughs> and another alert. And another listener who is working on getting over her, quote, imposter syndrome at work. Then we're talking about what's in the news, including early 2000s fashion making a comeback, Trump still refusing to admit he was wrong, and the desperate measures we are taking to keep our Zoom hangs interesting. But first, Angela, what has been going on in your week? So last week, I decided to do a webinar for brides who had to postpone their wedding. It was like a support group, sort of like a support group, uh, or at least that's what I was hoping it would be. It was free. So I was like, why not? Sure, I'll do it. Um, and I, you could submit questions. And I must have like typed up my questions when I was in a very dark emotional state. 
Um, and I just like, I needed to unleash. So I just unleashed all my wedding related anxieties in this email. And then they wound up, ans- they must not have gotten a lot of questions submitted because they answered all my questions. Oh my God. Is that great? How did it go? Well, so like it was all these beautiful hipster women who definitely just like wanted to talk about swatches and they like, they definitely just were prepared for questions that were like, how to adapt to your wedding from summer to fall. And my question was like, how do we have events without a vaccine? Where is the vaccine? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they were like, um, uh, and then I, I also like, we're submitted- not doctors. Right. We're I mean, not like, epidemiologists. Was- so I, we're brides. I, I pulled the, some of the phrasing that I used because I really, I was hysterical laughing listening to it because I was like, wow, I sound like a maniac. Um, I, I was like, we've all heard the same thing. Two years minimum for a vaccine. Are we all just spinning our wheels here? How do we have events? Oh, my God. And then I submitted another one about hotels because my hotel was being a dick and all my other vendors have been wonderful, but my hotel doubled their rate for, I mean, I postponed my wedding to October. It's definitely not happening in October. We're going to push it again to 2021, but, uh, they doubled the rate for October saying it was their busy season. What? Fuckheads. So I wrote to this webinar and I was like, seems like it's uh, absurdly wishful thinking for any hotel in New York to have a busy season for years to come. And then I didn't expect that they were going to have someone that works at a hotel answer the question. And she was like, oh, well, I think, I mean, we're going to be open in July. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. Yeah, but sure you are. She definitely was not prepared for the harshness of my wording. And then the very next email was like, how, I, I was going to have buffet-style wedding, but buffet seems unhygienic. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> shit. Like, okay. okay. What are cruises known for? They're buffets. Buffets. If cruises are thinking of stopping the buffet, yeah, girl, no buffet. No one's going to eat a freaking buffet ever again. Buffets are like, dead. What, what a softball question. Like, okay, like what a blessing if you can even have your event and do a sit-down plated meal. If that's the worst thing you are so lucky. They're recommending that restaurants use throwaway plates and silverware. This shit's not going to be good for the environment. Okay. You're not doing goodbye soup plantation. Okay. Yeah. We all tried so hard with our metal straws. Yeah. And now it's all out the window. It really it's is. a mess. But anyway, oh, yeah, I'm a maniac, but it felt good. It felt good to unleash. So they were just, un- wait, hold up. Let, I want to go back a little bit. The hotel was going to raise the rate for your guests, not for you, for your guests. For, yes, for my, so I had like a block for my guests um, where like when you do a block, they give you a discounted per night rate and they doubled the rate for October. How is October busier than May? And keep in mind that I had to reschedule my wedding for a Thursday. Let us not forget for a Thursday because wow. that was all that was available. So they were charging me double for a Wednesday and Thursday I mean, in you October. could just change the hotel even in 20 – just for like at this point because you're not getting yeah. married at the hotel. So at this point, I would just change the hotel, especially it's not going to be until 2021 because you're a smart person that lives <laughs> in the real world. Right. Yeah. On on principle alone, I want to find a new hotel. So the search is on. I have some time to think about it. Good, good, good. That's the good news. Uh, What's what's going on with you? How was your week? Well, this episode's all about anxiety. So I guess I would, I wanted to talk a little bit about anxiety and work. You know, we're all trying to figure out how to manage, you know, God forbid, like if you even have a job still after this, the unemployment rate is is crazy. I work in this weird field where I'm like a freelancer, 
So yeah. it's not like I'm I'm not unemployed, but I'm also at the whim of anybody that will pay me to write articles. So I'm in this weird in-between stage and I've been having so much rejection lately and it's like I feel like my life is 80% rejection and 20% really crazy cool stuff happens. And so I'm talking to my mom and my sister and I'm they're like what's new and I and I tell them about like a couple exciting things and they're like what that's insane that's great these these things are so great and I'm like yeah but you don't understand I got like five rejections in a row today I sent like a bunch of pitches that I spent so much time researching I did pre-interviews I've been doing I've gotten all rejections this week and I guess it's just it's really hard to kind of manage that where I've been having so much anxiety where it keeps me up at night where I think when I don't hear back from an editor and I think about an article that I pitched and I just run it over my head that oh wow they must just think I'm such an idiot that they didn't even write back to reject my pitch and I just go over and over the email in my head wishing I could like take the emails back from the internet like like ether and like I said I was you know I went out on a limb and I emailed this girl that's a journalist that has helped me out before and passed along an email to an editor. Uh, and I emailed her asking if she would help out with pitches. Cause I just felt like I'd been struggling lately. And I was like, would you feel comfortable sending me any pitches? And she didn't even write me back. And I was like, wow, does she think I'm an idiot for asking for advice or help? And I've just been having a lot of work rejection. And I, I, I do have some cool things, Angela happening. Like I wrote this piece about motherhood and during the coronavirus, it's going to come out in mother magazine. Um, it'll probably be out I think by the time this episode's airing, so you can check it out then. And I'm supposed to have a new piece that comes out in the New Yorker, which is like a big deal for me. And it's a huge deal. It's a huge deal, but I've been getting so many rejections from them that like that almost overshadows my new piece coming out, which it shouldn't. And I don't know, I, I have these exciting things happening, but I don't know. Do you, do you ever deal with this where the anxiety of the bad things are overshadowing the good things and maybe it's like an imposter syndrome which I think is what do we have like a listener question about imposter yes, syndrome today? Yes we do we're going to talk all about that. So I feel like I kind of deal with imposter syndrome where I actually don't think what's happening in my life is exciting or good because I have these two articles coming out but I've gotten like 10 rejections you know what I mean? Yeah yeah The I think the negative voices are always the loudest in your head it's like the opposite of that Lady Gaga quote how she's always like, it, there could be 99 person people in a room, but it just takes one to believe in you. But I'm like the opposite. I'm like, <laughs> one person can believe in me, but I only think about the 99 people who don't. No, no, um, you mean the opposite. 99 believe in you, but one if one person doesn't, that's all you think about. Right. Yes. Well, yes. You said yes. the opposite, but yeah, so yeah, I know what you meant. Yes. Uh, and, <laughs> and we get that a lot, even with the podcast. We want genuine feedback but some people will write in not with feedback but just to be a dick and that and we'll get <laughs> we'll get maybe you know 30 people writing the nicest stuff that does make our day and we'll screenshot it and we'll send it to each other but all it takes is one person writing something really mean whether it's I don't know about anything about oh something we mentioned or our voice or who knows and that's all we think about for the rest of the week because we're sen sensitive fragile souls <laughs> Yeah, when I'm laying in bed awake at 3 o'clock in the morning, I'm not thinking about the really nice emails we've gotten, unfortunately. Maybe I should. Maybe that's what we all should do in our anxious moments is think about the good stuff. But it's, for whatever reason, easier to think about the really nasty stuff. Right. Um. I mean, 
I do have like one big exciting career thing and I wish I could just focus on this. So it's looking like my new book will get optioned because we got (gasps) two offers. So one of them will have to happen. So this is a big deal. And I am trying to find, I'm trying to be excited about it because it is a huge deal. But like I said, I, I wish I could just focus on that, but the workload does not consume my entire day to be dealing where we're at in the stage of this getting the book option for TV. And I'll announce like details where on the podcast, of course, once I'm allowed to say it, but it doesn't consume my work day. So I feel like when I have all day to work, when Nick's watching Rilo, I should be spending that time producing something and really working. I'm a writer. I need to be working on articles. And when I get so many rejections, it it's just hard. It's hard. Yeah. Like I'll turn in my piece and then it's not going to come out in the New Yorker for like two months. So I'm like for two months and I, I want to be doing other articles every single week. And yeah, I'm just, I'm really struggling with that kind of like that kind of just anxiety about, oh, I'm a bad writer. I suck. And then, yeah. And and I, I know that I do have cool things happening on paper. It's just, I'm dealing with a lot of anxiety and it's been yeah. literally making it where I can't sleep. Well, I think the nature of what you do has always uh, entailed that you kind of have to throw a lot of darts uh, because not all of them are going to stick. So now in the current economy that we're in, it means you're going to have to like throw double the amount of darts. But you're also really good at that. You are like one of the most ambitious people I know. So I, I know you have it in you. Just this, just the fact that it's keeping you awake at night, like you're going to be fine. Yeah. You have the drive. I know. I know I'm hard hard on myself. Yeah. I know I'm hard on myself. It's just like spinning my head on these emails that I sent with pitches and thinking like the editors, they like, I'm like, Oh, do they, do they just think that I'm Stoop. I don't know. I need to. I need to work on my anxiety, and we're going to talk about that later on in the podcast more about yeah. coping skills for anxiety. But right now, we're jumping into the mailbox. All right, Angela, what do we have in the mailbox this week? Well, first up, I wanted to read a, a really nice update we got from one of our listeners. Um, we had read when I announced that my wedding was postponed. We had read stories from other listeners who were in a similar situation. And I can't believe how many people have reached out to me that have had their weddings postponed. So clearly a lot of people that weren't single were listening to This Is Why You're Single. (laughs) Um, They started single and then they met their person. So this was one of them. um, And she sent me two updates. She sent me the first update saying, I wanted to let you know that I deeply appreciate that you made an episode about postponed weddings. I also had to postpone my wedding and not knowing when we can get married is heartbreaking. I found out six months into our engagement that I was pregnant and I'm 22 weeks along now. I just hope we can get married before the baby comes in August. And spoiler alert, they realized that they were not going to be able to have their wedding before August because summer is not looking good here in New York. Um, So then like not even a week later, she sent another update saying this past week, my fiance and I were able to get married at town hall, a little North of NYC. We had an outdoor ceremony with just our family six feet away, of course. And then we had a little zoom celebration with our family and friends. It wasn't what I had originally planned, but it felt so special. I'm so happy to be married, especially with our little girl due in three months. I think if I know, I think if we weren't expecting, we might have waited with the ceremony until our October party, but we wanted to get married before her arrival. Now October will just be a massive party. 
Anyway, I wanted to thank you for you and Laura's weekly words of wisdom. I can't wait for the rebrand. It's here, baby. Um, I'm one of those people who was single when I first started listening and met my significant other over the course of listening to the pod. And I'm so excited to see slash hear what's next, which is so nice. I love that. My heart does go out to a lot of people who were planning to have kids right after their wedding. I have a few friends that are a little bit older and they really wanted to start having kids right away. I have one friend who was supposed to get married at the end of May or no, beginning of June. And obviously that's not happening and she doesn't know what to do, whether she should just go ahead and like start trying to have a baby. Yes, we're in like 2020. You can have a baby without being married, obviously, but some people are still traditional and I respect whatever your choice is. And my heart goes out to people that are struggling with, with that issue in particular. Yeah, I think, yeah, like you said, like it, the order really doesn't matter, but I feel for this listener, especially because she had a plan in place. Everything was going according to plan, and who could have ever predicted this curveball? And it's just like, I don't know, it's just so out of your control. And she she did the best she could with the card she was dealt. And I'm I'm really glad that she's happy and she'll get her party eventually. But yeah. Absolutely. So. All right, Angela, what else do we have in the mailbox? So I actually, I did a little experiment this week. I posted, I knew what the topic of the episode was going to be, and I posted on my Instagram and asked people if they had questions related to anxiety. And I got so many, everyone's feeling very anxious because my inbox filled up right away. That was so Um, smart. I know. So, you know, normally we, and we still, I would say, encourage you to email your questions. But yeah, every now and then you can slide into our DMs. And if the question's really good, we will read it. So... The One of the questions I picked is from our listener, Katie. Katie says, have you ever noticed that having too much caffeine tends to make anxiety heighten? I love coffee and tea, but when I drink it, instead of becoming physically hyper, my mind circles the drain. I start second-guessing people and have a bad doomsday feeling. I pick this question because for some people it might seem obvious that, yes, like caffeine and anxiety are connected – But I guess not everybody realizes it, and caffeine affects me so much that if I can help, like, anybody become aware, I will. When I – so obviously, like, I'm predisposed to having anxiety anyway, but if I have too much caffeine, my heart races. Um, When I have my period, I take Midol, which has caffeine in it, which, like, on its own is usually fine. But if I have even, like, a slightly caffeinated tea – I feel, like she says, like this doomsday feeling (laughs) because, you know, caffeine is a stimulant. It gets your heart racing and you start – I think you get that feeling and then you associate it with like panic and then you're like, okay, what should I be – what am I panicking about? What am I – like – and your body just gets like its wires crossed. I think it's funny that – I love that she wrote in asking us about this as if we're doctors. If you literally just Google caffeine anxiety, a lot of stuff comes up. WebMD. Yeah. For some people, caffeine can help with concentration and provide energy, but it can cause problems for those with anxiety. EverydayHealth.com. Caffeine is a stimulant, and that can be bad news for someone with anxiety. Uh, I could go on and on. Uh, Healthline.com. Learn how too much caffeine consumption can not only increase anxiety, but also increase the symptoms of an existing anxiety disorder. Anyways, I can relate to this. Caffeine did not was uh coffee was not great for me it would make my heart race i would get very jittery i have found that matcha 
is mm. a godsend. I drink matcha every single day now. I drink a lot of it too. I think a normal matcha has like a half a teaspoon to one teaspoon. I do two, two teaspoons. It does not cause me anxiety. You, Every person's different. So talk to your doctor, try it out for yourself. But you can do a lot of research on matcha and you'll see the plateau. I have like an entire book on matcha and it'll show you the plateau of a, a coffee. It's like it's like a coronavirus peak. It goes right up <laughs> and then it goes down for a bit and then probably up again if you have another. But um, uh, matcha, it's like a much more stable. It's like flattening the curve. Okay. <laughs> so uh, Flattening the curve of your anxiety. <laughs> yeah. So maybe try matcha. All right. What else we yes. got in the mailbox? Good recommendation. Okay. Next up is from an anonymous listener and they write, lately I've been exploring the why behind anxiety when it crops up for me at work. I realized that my anxiety was stemming from a lack of confidence, imposter syndrome, limiting beliefs. I actually decided to do something about it. I'm volunteering for more presentations because you can't get good at what you don't do. I also decided to finish my undergrad online because I realized even though I'm experiencing success monetarily, that is something I regret every day and is connected to my confidence. Is that something you guys have any experience with slash any tips? So yes, we do. Yeah. Well, you go for this one first. So yeah, I definitely, first of all, I think everything that you're doing is great. Like you are, you recognize where your anxieties are coming from and you're taking active steps steps to fix that. So you are very much on the right path. Um, as we all know, my last therapist that I had, I was not a fan of, but one thing that she said that always stuck with me that I really liked was she said, um, you can't go around fear. You have to go through fear, which is Ooh. like exactly what you're doing by doing these things that scare you, like volunteering for more presentations. Um, you're basically like bulldozing your fear. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I mean, I can relate to this a lot from what I talked about earlier on in the podcast. So I, I had Angela go first because obviously I'm still figuring it out on my own of how to deal with my own anxiety, especially when it comes up with work. Um, I have very high standards for myself. I am ambitious and I can like easily let myself down, unfortunately, if I'm not constantly uh, producing. So yeah, it's difficult. Um, I kind of just have to remind myself of my accomplishments. Um, luckily, moms are great for that because they literally think everything you do is great. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just it's just something I have to like mentally work through. I don't know. Um, talking it out with myself. I I God, I wish I had like better tips here. It can be especially hard, I think, with professional things because, yeah, your mom is going to hype you up, but sometimes you might not have the kind of boss or be working with the kind of people who are going to give you, like, verbal validation, which, like, I personally need to feel like I'm doing my best. Like, I need yeah. people to tell me I'm doing well, but and that's I don't not always going to happen for you. No, I don't get that at all, especially as a freelance writer. No, I don't get that at all. It's If, so, any, it's, if anything, it's, like, most – rejections. I mean, my only advice I can give is to try to do things outside of work. And honestly, when I have a little bit of outside distraction, anything I do that's good in work, good involving work makes me really happy. As simple as getting into a good book. I was, I, it, it takes me a while to get through a book because I don't have a lot of time to read when I'm, I'm either trying to pitch articles that get rejected or I'm watching my son. Um, but I just read this book called Early Work and I loved it and I just got so deep in it that I 
I I don't know. I felt like I was like in another world and then my work successes were a welcome distraction. So um, I don't know. Read a good book. Yeah. That's <laughs> feels uh, it feels unrelated, but for me, it it did help with my anxiety. And yeah, and, yeah, take risks. Don't I mean, don't take risks just to be like, oh, I took a risk. But take a risk if it's like something that you're interested in. But f- the only reason you're not doing it is because you feel like you would fail at it. Then you just gotta like go through the fear. Don't go around the fear. Go through the fear. Absolutely. Like my shitty therapist said. Exactly. We hope that's helpful. If any of you <laughs> listeners want your questions answered, email us at contact at thisiswhythepodcast.com. You can also find all of our contact info on our website, thisiswhythepodcast.com. Email us about anything with anything involving your life. Uh, and next up, we're going to dive into this week's topic. This week's topic is anxiety and coping skills. So we've already talked a bit about that. Um, we're definitely living in a time of tremendous anxiety, and I think everyone is suffering, even people that have never suffered from it before. It can manifest in lots of different ways. Some people are finding that their sleep patterns are changing, their eating patterns. I am definitely eating way more than I did before and drinking more than I did before. Um, trouble with concentration is another big one for me. I'm like, very distracted all the time. Sometimes if you get really anxious, you might have shortness of breath. You could get stomach aches. The mind-body connection is crazy. So how do we deal with that? I mean, for me, it's funny because I just attended, I'm a member of The Wing and they've been doing a lot of Zooms and I just attended a Zoom about anxiety. And a lot of people talked about where it was surfacing in the body. That was the first thing that the person running it asked was, where is it surfacing in the body? Where do you feel it? And some people felt it in their throat, in their head. I feel it in my chest. Some people feel it in their stomach. And so I think the first thing is kind of feeling your anxiety, noticing where it manifests in your body is like the first step. And then everybody talked about different things that they were doing to help. Uh, Some people talked about getting a plant and just being around, you know, you're not really around nature. You're in your house a lot. Getting a plant helps. If you have a dog, pets are incredibly therapeutic. For me, I've been doing yoga every single day. It's amazing. I, I don't know what they say. It's like 28 days or 30 days to change a habit. I used to be, you know, could never do a video workout. That was not for me. I needed to go to a class. I now do video workouts and love it. I don't, I mean, Sorry for my yoga studios, but I don't know when I'm ever going to want to come back because I'm just really loving my my video workouts. I love that I can pause them and check my phone and like it's just great. So I do yoga every day, yoga and you know, I I, I don't meditate very much, but I do at the very end when you're in shavasana, I take those deep breaths. Yoga has been helpful. Uh I've been doing a virtual I talked about this last week, virtual acupuncture sessions. I don't know. This is not for everybody. It's a little bougie. I get it. It's fucking weird. But it's also just scary. It's also just <laughs> if you, scary. Uh, if but, you're afraid of stabbing yourself, but, but it might look, not be for you. Look into ear seeds because uh, you know acu. I do believe in like acupressure. Acu. You can do acupressure, which is just you know taking your finger and doing certain points. Just look it up. Do your own research. Um, yeah, those are all tips that I've found. And honestly, talking about it is very helpful. I grateful that I found this little chat and, you know, there's a lot of resources out there. Uh, Talkspace is online therapy. They're, they are one of our sponsors, but I would be plugging them even if they weren't because I talk to my therapist 
every single week on the phone and it's and it's amazing even when I don't have an agenda we figure out what to talk about so those are my tips yeah I think it's really interesting I keep seeing like think pieces popping up places I read one on the Daily Beast about how like people who have been living with anxiety for a long time um, not the majority of them, but there's like a small percentage of people who are actually doing better right now because this is basically what they've been bracing themselves for forever. And it's like, okay, the bad thing happened. Like <laughs> the thing that I was waiting for happened. So, okay. Like I can go on with my life, which like when I read that, I was like, that's fucking insane. But then the way I applied it to my life was like, I definitely am not doing better, but I do feel like having suffered from anxiety before, I like have a toolkit of things that I know how to use to cope with the anxiety that I'm feeling now. So like I know that I need a routine or I'll go crazy. Yes. Like I I actually, believe it or not, me, I have been working out every morning. I have been doing online yeah, girl. classes and I've been doing like – one of our listeners actually sent me a – um, Broadway dance class. Oh my god, which I love I would our never listeners do in real life because I would be mortified. But I am Great. doing shut up, fucking jazz hands in my apartment. Granted, I close all the blinds. I make sure no one can see me. But I do my jazz hands. I'm. I learned to dance to the musical waitress. I'm doing box steps. Oh it's my great. god, I love Staying this shape. so much. Uh, um, also, sh- like props to our listeners for knowing you so well that you're a Broadway junkie. I know our our one listener. Our listeners shout are amazing. Out to her, she sent me that, and she sent me a dancing with the stars workout class, which I have not tried yet. It seems too difficult, but maybe one day I'll work up to it. That's so. But yeah, it's become so cool. like a very important part of my routine. It's like the first thing I do when I get up in the morning is I make sure I work out. I have like a nice screen free breakfast. It's also really. I know a lot of people. And like, whatever, everybody copes differently. But a lot of my friends are like, oh, I haven't showered in like two days. And I'm like, no, I have to shower every day. And I have to be able to like look in the mirror and be with okay with what I see because I'm already feeling so shitty on the inside. I just, it yeah. helps me personally to like look a little good on the outside. And then my other big thing is like engaging my senses. So like I have been doing a lot of puzzles. I've been doing a lot of baking. I listen to music. I bought. I have a My Little Pony coloring book, and I do that shit every night. I color in the lines. It's like I don't even know you. And I'm thinking about ordering needlepoint. So I oh, am. Oh my god, what has <laughs> happened to my friend? Uh, no, I love. I'm just kidding. I love all of this. These are all fantastic tips. I've naturally been doing a lot of artwork too, but that's because I have a toddler. So we. Uh, but I, I got him this wooden this wooden ice cream truck and we were supposed to paint it and he didn't care about it. So I just sat there and painted it myself. But all of this is helpful. All of it is great. We're all trying new things. Uh, the CDC has some ways to cope for, from stress. They say take breaks from watching, reading, listening to news stories. Yes, that could be helpful. Big one. You know, know the facts, but there's a lot of noise. Take care of your body, deep breath, stretch, meditate, eat healthy, exercise regularly. Uh, make time to unwind puzzles, coloring books, baking, all the things Angela just mentioned, and make sure you're connecting with others on those Zooms. So we hope that's helpful. And now it is time for our weekly rundown. This is our weekly rundown where every week we tell you what's going on in the world or what's new in our lives. This is what we're going to talk about. 
Pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. That's right. Angela, what's going on in pop culture? So in pop culture, I have noticed, and I don't know if you have, that early 2000s fashion is back, which is devastating to me because it was not a good time for me fashion-wise. ASOS is selling these like flare stretchy pants with an – it's like an attached exposed G-string. Oh, God. Which like one, now is terrible timing for that. Who wants to wear that in quarantine? Nobody. And – Two, we are old enough that the clothing we wore in high school is retro. Uh, this is bad because I was not looking my best in the, well, maybe more like, yeah, mid-2000s was my low point. Uh, Paris yep. Hilton was very hot then. I got long blonde extensions down to my butt. I was not dressing cute. I'm not happy that this stuff's back. No, I I do not know where it came from. There's a lot of glitter happening. There's a lot of rhinestones. Personally, I'm not ready for it. But we'll see. I mean, that's what I said about straight leg pants when those came back. And now that's all I wear. I can't imagine wearing a flare pant. True, true. All right. Now we're going to move on to politics. This is from CNN. So uh, we have over a million coronavirus cases. I don't think that's going to change when this episode airs. Trump said we'd go down from 15 cases to zero. We all remember that quote he said in February. Well, a reporter asked him about that statement, and he said, well, it's going to go down to zero ultimately. I mean, I don't even know where to start with Trump. He thought it would go down. He's like, we have 15 cases. You know, it's going to go from 15 to zero. I think he I think he said, like, watch, it'll happen like magic, if, if I remember Yes, that, that exactly. Yeah, now there's a million. So it went from 15 to a million, not 15 to zero. So in other words, the president is suggesting that he's still right when he said that the U.S. would go from 15 cases to about zero, even though there's now a million. He's insane. Moving on. What's going on in friendship, Angela? In friendship, in happier news. Um, so my friends and I have gotten so bored in our Zooms. I mean, we love each other. We love spending time together, but we're running out of shit to talk about. So we started doing brackets. Now, I'm not a sports person. I have never done a bracket before, but we're doing brackets for, like, our favorite TV shows. And then we did a bracket for, like, a hottie bracket where we submitted our crushes. Oh. Um, For the record, the winners were 30 Rock for TV show, and then Idris Elba won the hottie bracket. And we literally are thinking about making our next next bracket our favorite vegetables. Very fun. the level of boredom we've reached. But honestly, I recommend it. I had a great time doing it. Honestly, I think having a, like, a, theme or an activity to do at your on your your hangouts your zoom video chat hangouts is a great idea all right this is what's going on in dating so corona is changing dating for the better according to the new york times we've all heard you know from everybody about oh if you're single it's impossible you can't meet up it's impossible to date well check out these facts this is an article by helen fisher she talks about how video chats are in small talk is out can't be making small talk when there's a global pandemic. You also don't have to fret about who picks up the check. And the biggest plus, you are forced to take things slow. Um, those are the highlights of her article. Uh, Angela, aren't these great points? This is totally true. I do think the check thing could be a game changer. But then you have stories like, I don't know if you saw that guy that went viral for like, he was like bringing dinners. Like he started dating this girl in quarantine and then he would like drop off leftovers at her house. So there's still like... There's still 
achievable goals here. Right. You, you gotta, uh, there's standards being set that are maybe difficult for some people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you, it, yeah, you still, um, it doesn't mean that people are off the hook with dealing with these things because hopefully right. eventually you will need to. Yes. But I yes. do, I do like small talk being out and I do like video chats being in. Yeah, I I think I would probably, and I mean, like, easy for me to say this now, but I think I might have thrived because I was a good texter. You sure were. Well, you thrived in IRL, too. All right, what's going on in work news? Well, I just wanted to read this tweet that I saw because I I saw it right at the beginning, I think, of of the pandemic, and it's been, like, kind of my mantra. It, like, has calmed me when I feel like I'm not doing so good at work stuff. So it was from at Neil Webb, and he said, um, you are working from home – I'm sorry, you are not working from home. You are at home during a crisis trying to work. I think it's an important distinction worth emphasizing. Um, And considering this whole episode was kind of about anxiety and work-related anxiety, I think that's something good for us all to remember. If we're struggling, these are not normal circumstances. I love that. in mind. It is true. All right. And here's what's new in parenting news. The Cut did this heartbreaking piece. It's a first-person account from nannies working for ultra-rich families during the coronavirus. I read this piece because I have a nanny. And I was curious. It just said, you know, nannies and the coronavirus. I'm like, oh, uh, what do nannies have to say? So it was awful. These people should not be allowed to have help. These people should not exist. The way they treat their nannies is is just so despicable. So one nanny said she couldn't come upstate with her employers because she had to take care of her grandson. They said she could bring him. And then they said that they would be deducting $300 from her $800 a week paycheck for having him there to pay for his food. So instead of paying her for like a weekend and an overnight fee, which is what they should be doing is they should be like doubling her pay. They wanted to deduct $300 from her pay as if they were doing her a favor. Another nanny was working for a family who moved their entire staff to the Hamptons, threatened to withhold references for anyone that decided to, that considered quitting and is continuing to have people come in to do their hair, nails and cook, which I don't know how this is possible. I mean, one of the first things I thought when this all happened was, oh, I wonder like what are like those crazy celebrities doing with their big ass mansions when they can't have anyone to cook for them or like help take care of their kids. Like what are they doing? And, and then you hear stories like this and you're like, Oh, they're, they're still, well, some are still having people come. Yeah. I guess I'm really naive. Cause I really thought I was like, yeah, what are they going to do? Like celebrities aren't going to be able to get like their blowouts and their manicures, but I guess they, some of them still are, which blows my mind that you would, I mean, if you're selfish enough to put somebody else's health at risk. That's gross. But you're also putting yourself at risk. So I know. What, like, is it so important for your hair to, like, be beautifully blown out for I no mean, one to see you? I but I guess they are seeing people probably since clearly they're not following any rules. I have to hope, Angela, that this is just not the norm for the ultra, ultra affluent, that they're not still having their entire staff come. I mean, honestly, one of the things I thought about is, what is the Queen of England doing? Surely, surely the Queen of England doth not cook for herself. And and from what I understand, I think, oh, I don't know if I read it somewhere, like she has a very, very small staff and they live on at Buckingham Palace. They like, they're not going home to their families. Um, 
That's but, the thing is I, I at least trust the queen to have proper accommodations. Right. Like a lot of these people, like they're just like they're stuck in these houses with these horrible people. And they don't care that they have to leave their their husband or, yeah, the p- other people in their lives that they, they just assume like, oh, of course you will want to continue to work to and and come see me. So I guess I should be transparent of what I've been doing for for our nanny. We have been paying her full her full rate. She doesn't come. We've been doing that since quarantine and I will continue doing it however long we we uh I'll continue to pay her for the rest of the year. I'll <laughs> um I mean yeah, if you can afford to, if your financial situation has not been affected, that I is the right thing to do. I think it and is too. I don't want to put one more great. person, you know, obviously everybody's financial situation has been hit in some capacity. I shouldn't say everybody, but, but I think most people, but it has not been hit to the point where we can't pay our nanny and continue to do the, what I truly in my heart of heart believe is the right thing. Um, she's amazing. She has said that she's like ready to come back and promises that she has not, you know, seen anybody. So we're figuring out, you know, uh, like what date that will be. Um, she's been doing this amazing thing for us. So they have a car and she loves to cook. So just in the last couple weeks, so for the first, you know, whatever, five weeks, uh, and we were just paying and I was fine with it. Then she called and said, you know, what if we cook? And so she's been dropping off some food for us. Oh my God. Just be, and she could cook some food. Well, uh, I'll send her recipes and she'll make the food. And she's just like the nicest, most amazing person ever. So I don't know. Just be a good employer and your employees <laughs> will be fucking awesome. Yeah. I mean, like any other profession, it's just this, you know, is so much more intimate. So it's hard to navigate. And I guess that's why some very shallow, self-involved people get it very wrong. But when you're a compassionate human like yourself, easy to get right. Um. So I don't know. That's Those are the topics we've got. And that is it for this week's This Is Why podcast. Let us know what you're thinking of our new podcast structure. We'd love to hear your feedback. We're trying to keep what you like, leave what you don't. So tell us what you think. Check out our book, This Is Why You're Single. Uh, and my new book, Cinderella and the Glass Ceiling and Other Feminist Fairy Tales, both will make you laugh. They are available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and you can also look for them on your local indie bookstores, which we encourage you to support. And uh, and this is why your single is also on Audible. Yes, and you can get hooked up with discounts from all of our sponsors. For a full list of our sponsors and the codes, you can check out our podcast page on thisiswhythepodcasts.com. We are also on social, so you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at thisiswhypodcast. Please like and subscribe on iTunes. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for a whole new show. Bye. Bye. This is why, this is why, pop culture, politics, friendship, dating, work, parenting, news. This is why, the podcast. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>